We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We'll give you all of the waiver wire pickups you need heading into week 17. Have some dynasty rankings discussion at the end and also discuss the Monday night football game and all of Jim Coventry's prop bets tonight on the Rotowire week 17 podcast live stream. I'm Alan Zaslowski sitting in for Jake and Joe, along with the people's champ, Jim Coventry at Jim Coventry NFL. What's up, Jim? Oh, things are well. Couldn't be more exciting, but man, the news cycle is just crushing everybody these days. Oh, yeah. You, did you make it into any of your championship games? Is the waiver wire still relevant to you? It is still relevant to me. If I had fab dollars, I guess got to hope that there's a couple players that pass through. Um, that I can claim them early morning, like three in the morning after they set. Now, yeah, Kings Classic, most importantly to me. I was in the I heard you say, by the way, I heard you say that on SiriusXM today. Why is the Kings Classic the most important uh, league for you? It, to me, it is the elite of the elite fantasy contest. It's 12 industry experts, all small room type Hall of Fame guys. I don't belong with them. Clearly don't belong, but I'm in yeah, with them. Right. And I yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, I, you know me. You're in, you're in the Alan Sislowski Hall of Fame. So. <laughs> and that means a ton to me. But I, that group, it's everything. And... You know, every year, you know, teams are fine. The COVID year, I didn't do well. But every year we have an auction and we have a snake draft. I should sell it up, a salary cap draft. And I always have good points, but my luck is always terrible. All in fantasy, if I don't have the most dominant team on the planet, I'm not winning because luck will not fall my way. I'll make the playoffs, be bounced. I'll be fifth in points, third in points, miss the playoffs. That's common. This year I had a fifth in points and missed the playoffs with the worst record in the league. But the other one, the auction, 11 and three, had the bye. I think I lapped the field. It was between one and 200 points. I mean, every week, just yeah. major points, high floor, high upside. And so now I'm, I don't check my scores till Tuesday morning. I know I had a good week. I have no idea who I played. So that was the other thing you said on Sirius XM today. So, you know, I feel like I've gotten to know you pretty well over the last, what, 18 months or so. Yes. Uh, we've always been in contact. We've had a lot in common. But I, I found that fascinating that for those who didn't hear on Sirius today, and most people apparently know this, that Jim Coventry does not check his fantasy matchup, his opponents or his players, how they did. He sets his lineup until after the week is over. I love that. Explain why. I think I know why. But yes. tell me so why. 
I've been playing fantasy since the mid nineties. And the one thing I hated was the stress on Monday. I was stressed whether I had to hold on to a lead, whether I had to come back from a lead. And then think about this. I'm a, I'm a football analyst. That's what I do. And I believe I have to know the NFL game inside and out. But if I'm watching games and I watch every snap of every game, but if I'm watching that game and I'm concerned about an outcome, I can't critically watch that game. Yeah, My subconscious mind is rolling. All right, that's 1.2 points. I can't do it. So to be the best version of the analyst I can and to lower my stress, we're done. I don't check the scores. And the other thing is, think about that great American mindset. Everybody dwells on the Monday night game. I lost because so-and-so dropped a pass with two minutes left. No, you didn't. You had nine to 13 players in your lineup. There may have been a penalty you didn't see. There may have been some kind of a weird thing, a weird spot of the ball. It it could have been anything. It could have been the opponent's side. But America is, I missed the last second field goal. Or, you know, he missed the tackle. And we dwell on that point. I can't live there, Ellen. No, that, that's really smart. I knew another guy in one of my leagues that what he did, I thought this is funny, is everyone called him a troll, was he wouldn't set his lineup until like 30 minutes before um, kickoff because he didn't want you to see the projections on how it would play out. So he... <laughs> So you'd be looking like you're going to win like 99 to 1%. And then all of a sudden, like 25 minutes before game time, it says like you're like a 70-30 dog. You're like, oh, no. So I thought that was a good one, too. It's, Alan, every- it's great. Because think about it. As an analyst, the questions I get, I'm facing this team. I, I ask them, are you an underdog or a favorite? Right. Because I want to know if you want the high floor guy or if you want the boom bust guy. But if you don't know what you need, that's a great strategy to keep opponents who are stressing over their lineup, to keep them stressed and not knowing what they need to go for. Okay, just as always, the Rotowire podcast is brought to you by WinBet. If there's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire, it's making good decisions, and even more so, the right decision. Listen up, everybody. We have an incredible offer for you from Rotowire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBet is now exclusive sponsor of Rotowire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you the latest action with user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and much more at your fingertips. Want to break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino take a spin on roulette double down on blackjack slam the slots and try your hand at baccarat uh winbet is currently available in six states while rapidly expanding at winbet the possibilities are limitless winbet is currently offering rotowire listeners risk free bet up to 500 bucks on your first wager download winbet now that's w-y-n-n-b-e-t winbet the exclusive partner of rotowire fantasy podcasts uh so as we were talking about, by the way, and by the way, we, we're talking more and more about sports betting. I'm glad that we're that win bet read came up. Uh, what what a whirlwind yesterday on the green zone, huh, man? I, I don't know if you saw. I put out our, the first uh, the first cut of the first clip. Uh, I was going through some of that stuff. I have a clip of you on the show, man. You are smooth. You are smooth on there. I'm going to post that one tomorrow. So um, for those, go ahead, Jim. No, no, I'm saying thank you. That's all. Yeah, thank you. for those who uh, were, Jim and I were, uh, did a, um, a talking head sort of whip around show called The Green Zone air, airing on the Visa Network. So you'll see us there on Sundays talking about in-game live wagering. So a little plug there as we were coming off the casino talk. All right, for those that are still in their fantasy football playoffs, they need to know who to pick up a week 17. But first, what I want you to do is I want you to talk about waiver wire strategy. Is it different this week with only two people left in a league, maybe three or four of their fighting for third and fourth place. Is it different this week than other weeks? I think it is. I, I think there's as much of an element of gamesmanship 
that is involved in this week. Because, for instance, let's say Daria Gunboale is going to be the lead back for the Jaguars. Yes, they're playing the Patriots. It's not a good matchup. They signed Makai Sargent today. But as of right now, Ogunbowale is a good chance to get 15 touches. You may not need a running back, but your opponent might. So you may choose to be using the waiver wire to drop a player who's not useful to you or your opponent. It might be a player you would have held all season. A Jarvis Landry type, right? Sure, sure. Anywhere, any player that you wouldn't start and your opponent wouldn't start. If you could pick up somebody in the waiver wire who is useful to someone else, you have just potentially benefited yourself. That's the one piece of information that I would add other than, obviously, you're claiming players you need. Yep. I, I see your eyes are um, are wandering just like mine are. You're watching the game. We just saw the Ian Book interception. Uh, so you before we continue on, I'm curious, what prop bets did you take tonight? So I actually did a six-leg par, seven-leg parlay on this game. Ooh. What is this? What, yeah. But what's the six-leg parlay pay? Is it like one like for every dollar you bet, you get back what? 26 to 1. Okay, beautiful. All right, so yeah. what's the six legs? Let's go. So, this is like uh, what was the Adam Sandler movie? Uh, oh no, what is it, like the ten the ten team parlay? Oh, uh, uncut gems. Oh, nice. I didn't uh, know that. Oh, you got to see that for any sports better, dude. That is, he's got a ten leg parlay that he needs, or else like the mafia guy is gonna kill him. And obviously, you know what happens. Like each one, and it's it's crazy. It's all same game parlay too. So it's oh, so that, and that's what I'm doing here. So perfect. Yeah. So I started okay. with the Miami money line. I'm not gonna trust Ian Book to be able to win a game here in the COVID on the defensive side of the Saints ball. So that's the first one. And the other what one was where, the What was that number at? It was at minus what, 135? I just the money line. Yeah, so, but it's on the parlay. It just figures it all in. It doesn't even matter. Okay. So the money okay. line, it doesn't even give you that. You just right. has money line and you click the team. Okay. So, so we took the money. Now, the unders all on yardage. Devontae Parker under 54 and a half yards because I expect Marshawn Lattimore to be on him and Jalen Waddle to get the love. Under 39 and a half yards on both Marcus Callaway and Traquan Smith because Ian Book's a quarterback. Not combined. Separately. Separately, yes. And then Duke Johnson and Miles Gaston. Duke under 39 and a half rush yards. Miles Gaston under 34 and a half yards because you don't run on the Saints. Yeah, pretty much that simple. All and right. then the last one, Alan Kamara, under 74 and a half rush yards, because I expect him to stack the box. And if he's going to do anything, it's going to be as a receiver. Hmm. All right. I like that one. That's the one I think is going to be the one that gets close. I don't, I don't, oh, but you're right. If it's little swing passes and things like that. Yeah, that doesn't, yeah, no, you're right. Okay. That's, I was thinking scrimmage yards, but it's rushing yards. Okay. All right. So we'll be rooting for you. Uh, that Ian Book uh, interception, you didn't want to pick six. Because now they get the ball back. You just want them to pick it, and then Miami have the ball. Oh no, you have you have some uh, Miami props in there too. So it the money really line. Matter. So they have to win. Miami has to right. win. So Ian Book, right. thank you. Yep. <laughs> Is, okay. um, did, do you? That's right. But did you? Uh, did you know anything about him in college? He's he was the Notre Dame quarterback, right? I I honestly don't know. I thought so. Yeah. Yes, and he wasn't very good. Right. I mean, he was drafted in the fourth round. You don't expect him to be good, you know. So not everybody's Davis Mills. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> I, you know, I don't even start it. <laughs> you know what it was? It's cause you know this, like when you're talking about something in the preseason and then, and then it like, it comes true and then people jump on that. You'd start like, all right, fine. I've, I'm now past the part where I'm like, I was saying that, but I was saying that Jim, I was saying that, that he was, he had a shot to be the quarterback. All right. Let's give people some actionable Intel here. Um, hold on. Let me just see what it, so let's, let's, howdy fellas. What's up, uh, Griffin. 
Um, so do you, let's start with running back. There seems to be a, a decent amount of running backs uh, this week. Uh, let's start with the injury to Miles Sanders. He broke his hand. I can't see him playing. He doesn't strike me. I heard you guys talk about on, on the Sirius XM show. Out, out. He's out. Okay, he's out. So you're saying that he's out. All right. But I was gonna, okay. So, and you were talking about on the Sirius XM show that like DeMarco Murray played in like the same week or you or Jeff said that, but Miles Sanders doesn't strike me as a guy that's tough like DeMarco <laughs> Murray. He's kind of soft. I mean, again, he's way tougher than me. Yeah, uh, but... For football players, he just seems like a guy that, you know, he's missing games if he's on the questionable side. So, all right, who we who we picking up there? So, Jordan Howard will have the Jordan Howard role regardless of it's Sanders or Scott. Now, San, uh, Howard had a stinger in the last game. We don't know how that shakes out. But he has literally been over 55 scrimmage yards in every game he's played. So, Jordan Howard, if he is out there and if the stinger is cleared, he has a nice floor. And he could score in the red zone because he's the goal linebacker. But Boston Scott's been sneaky good all year. Now, you see, what you need to know about the Eagles is in the middle of the season, they used to have Jalen Hurts in the shotgun. And they were a passing team. Well, they flipped the switch and mm -hmm. they created a run-based offense that has been dominant since that switch. And the thing is, Jalen Hurts, the way they use him as a runner, it manipulates the linebackers and the running backs have seen those great lanes they didn't see before. So Boston Scott's very productive. He has five touchdowns this year on limited duty. So he's a phenomenal add against Washington this week. Do you think that Jalen Hurts is going to be the starting quarterback week one next year for the Philadelphia Eagles? At this point, with them being probably a playoff team, it's going to be very tough for them to find an option. They're going to be like, we're a better team today than we are at Jalen Hurts. So I right. think they go in with him just because of the success they've had. And the coaching staff has turned that offensive line, which is the strength of the team, and the running backs into a very, very viable unit. And the perceived uh... – weakness of this quarterback class which you know what's going to happen by the time april rolls around there's going to be two quarterbacks taken in the top five anyway people are going to fall in love with those guys it's it happens every year okay so uh, kenneth gainwell at all are you bidding on him are you worried about him if uh if no jordan howard so what we've seen with Gainwell is he pretty much comes in when the game's out of hand if the game is out of hand and he's a receiving back unless jordan howard is out in which case then gainwell would have a role in here that would make him a little more viable. But I just think it'd be more Boston Scott at that point. I think okay. Gainwell's role diminished from early in the season, which was surprising because he did, to my opinion, he did not look bad. But he probably wasn't taking care of assignments in the pass blocking game. I'm going to read off like three or four names. I want you to put them in order and then just break down whoever you want to break down. I mean, Dari Gubawale, Rex Burkhead, and Cam Akers. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about it before we hit live. Yeah, for those who haven't heard, I'm sure you have. Everyone has a, t a cell phone now. Cam Akers is going to be activated, likely to the uh, to the, the the 50. Was it the the active roster? He's going to be there on game day. He might play. So, how serious are you taking that? And then talk about Rex Burkhead and Dario Gubawale, please. So, Darrell Henderson has moved on IR today. He's done for the year, for the regular season. Right. So okay. there's a lot of merit to that. But look, at the end of the day, Sony Michelle, it took a stranglehold on the early down roll. Akers just practiced last week. My guess is he can't be in game condition yet. Do they give him three to five carries? They might. They might. I, I don't think it goes further than three to five carries. I, I can't see them with good conscience putting him in and risking re-injury. I think you see, give him, you do give him a few carries. You see how he responds. 
If he responds well, the week 18, you give him five to eight carries. And then from that point, you'd be like, okay, we have him for the playoffs. I think that's how they have to go about it. So I, I put him, I don't take him seriously. Rex so right. He's as for fantasy, you're not, you're just, you're almost letting your opponent pick him up if they want to play them. And like if you, if you see Cam Akers on the other side of your championship matchup, you're happy. Yes, I want somebody to pick him up, and I want somebody to start him, thinking they have a stud running back. Yeah, okay. 100%. There's no way in my mind he can come in and do that. I do right now put a Gunboale first. New England's a brutal matchup. He's a receiving back by nature. New England has not been as good against receiving backs as they've been against runners. So I think he can get four or five screen passes. He's not going to do very well here. And again, Makai Sargent's probably a factor. Now, Rex yeah. Burkhead, let's understand this. The Chargers are number 32 in DVOA against the run. They had been better lately, but in this game, this was the ultimate letdown spot for the Chargers. The Chargers came in. They saw that literally the day before the game, 17 players on the defense were on COVID. Now they got on, some of them on back. The, on the Houston on side? The Houston or, side. Yeah, on the okay. Houston side. Seven, they could not, as of Saturday, they could not field the team. They got enough players activated on Sunday to play. So L.A. goes to this game. And the human psyche is the biggest thing here. And for gambling, this is huge. If right. you know a team goes in and they mentally are going to let down, you can't tell yourself, well, I'm not going to let down. You just naturally do this. And so right. Burkhead was running against a number 32 defense. Unbelievably, they were playing with a lead. So Burkhead was able to carry the ball. And that defense was also without Justin Jones, Joey Bosa. And so they were two upfront players. So to me, Hindsight being 2020, perfect storm. Didn't see 149 yards and two touchdowns, but I could see a decent game out of Burkhead. Any other game now, he's just Rex Burkhead. He's 40 yards and a cloud of dust. That's all. Right. So who's Houston playing in week 17? Do you have that handy? Um, Because the thing that I like while you're looking that up, the thing I do like about Burkhead is if you're in a situation where you need a running back, I mean, you know, I'm going to hear the case that you make on these other guys too. But the thing I do like about Burkhead is he's a three down back. Now he's slow. He's older, but he's tough as nails. He catch, he probably will catch two or three passes. He is the goal line back if they get there and he's the between the twenties back. So I think in week 17, you could project 16 and a half, 17 touches for Burkhead. That's what I do like about him. It's a volume play. He has an absolutely terrifying matchup. The 49ers are top three against the yeah. run, and they are. He goes from number 32 to number three at San Francisco. Trey Lance is probably going to be the quarterback because Jimmy Garoppolo tore up his thumb. And yeah. so, not only are they going to grind the clock, it's literally, you, just like the Saints, you don't run on the 49ers. And then behind the offensive line that's down two of their starters from early in the season, I just, he might get you 40 yards. 40 yards to be really happy with 40 yards, I think. Yeah. Okay. So, so Agumba Wale is the first uh, priority for you. What is it about them? Because, you know, you're talking about bad offenses. I mean, the Jaguars, uh, the Jaguars have who this week? They have, are they playing New England, New England. this week? Yes. Yeah, so they New England. So, it's only pass catching. Right. Be so you're saying he could be like six for 30 and then maybe he gets like another 15 or 20 rushing yards or exactly. 20. Okay. It's all receptions. That's the only, that's his value. He is a receiving back by trade. He's so, always good too. I always liked him, even when he was, you know, when he would get in there for Tampa Bay. He was, he's like almost like a poor man's JD McKissick. Is that a fair comparison? You very, know? very fair comparison. Yes. All right. All right. So, anybody else on the running backs before we switch over to the wide receivers? In those few leagues where Darrell Williams is available, I Yahoo is 60% rostered. So, depending yeah. on the league you're in, uh, you know what? Gore 
Derek Gore? Yeah. Because honestly, Derek Gore could step into the Clyde Edwards Alaire role, possibly. Possibly. He's yeah. more of a grinder. Williams is more of a receiving back. Williams is very good in pass pro and they trust him there. As a runner, they might actually like Derek Gore a little better. It's possible. I don't know that for sure though. Where do you think Clyde Edwards Hilaire's ADP will be in these early best ball drafts? Like, cause you know, the, the best ball market and the dynasty market is similar, you know, and best ball is a slightly different game, but where do you predict in one QB leagues in 12 team, uh, the, that early, like February, March, like the best ball sickos like us, where do you think Clyde Edwards Hilaire will get drafted? I think he has to be in what we call the dead zone this year. He's gotta be a fifth rounder because yeah. he just wasn't getting touches it, he he was not getting opportunity. He should have gotten opportunity. It just wasn't there. So I don't know how you go from having a top three run blocking offensive line against the team that the defense is all playing nickel and dime against them. There should have been tons of room to run. Andy Reid has no interest in running the football. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I would do, who do you think will get drafted first in most leagues? Like JK Dobbins who sat out the whole year or Clyde Edwards Hilaire? Or do you think they'll be like similar, like within a five or seven pick range? I think JK Dobbins is going in the second or third round. People are going to put him right back where he was. We, you know, and I, there's always risk with ACL guys, but his tear was so early. He's yeah. going to have more than 12 months to recover. So my guess is I, I would take JK Dobbins at the two, three turn. I would definitely take him there. Somebody yeah, might be no. more aggressive, but Baltimore's always, always had a good rushing system. Yeah, you're not going to need to take J.K. Dobbins in February and March. Maybe by like you know the end of March, April, I could see that happening. As like you see him out there, but before we know anything, I think you'll be able to get Dobbins in like round like five or maybe like four because there'll be some people that jump him up. But you'll see his ADP do exactly what you did, and by draft day, it'll be like you're taking him, you know, on that. <laughs> yeah, no. But I'm just saying, because the best time I love doing those best ball drafts is right after the season's over because everything's still fresh. People forget about the injured guys. Um, while we're while, Before we get into the wide receivers, I just want to tell you really quick about the NFL is heating up for the playoffs and Yahoo is going big on daily, fan, daily fantasy football. There'll be a ton of big prize contests throughout the year on Yahoo, including their multi-entry contest now being shark-free. To celebrate, Yahoo is going big on DFS as well as Yahoo Daily Fantasy becoming shark-free. Yahoo is giving all its users the opportunity to claim 10 bucks free site credit. Users can take advantage of this free $10 site offer right now uh, by going into one of their big contests and one of the $1 million DFS NFL baller contests. The weekly $1 million contest features a million dollars in total prizes, first place receiving 100K, and there is tons of overlay in these contests, Jim. Play daily fantasy football on Yahoo. This season, visit sports.yahoo.com slash daily fantasy slash welcome to claim your free $10 offer to get started. Okay. Have you ever played uh, daily on Yahoo before? Honestly? Yes, I have. It's been a while ago. A lot. I mean, yeah. maybe a couple of years ago. But yeah, it's really it. good. I, I, I went on there, obviously, since I've been doing these reads, uh, I've been uh, sitting in a lot of podcasts the last two weeks. People are taking vacation. So uh, it's it's really cool. It's a great interface. It's a totally different like price structure. So I, I recommend that anyone, and they are right. There's not a lot of sharks there, and there's always a ton of overlay because people are playing on some of the other sites. So good money-making opportunity if you want to go there. All right, wide receivers, Jim, for this week. Uh, there's a couple guys that I'm really interested in. I'll, I'll just start naming a few names here. The guy that pops off the page is Rashad Bateman, who's only owned in about, uh, well, rostered in 30% of leagues. He caught the touchdown pass. Uh, any? Would you have the, the stones to start him in your championship? 
Against the Rams, maybe not. I think whoever the whoever the quarterback is, we have not a clue starting there. Does it matter? <laughs> it doesn't even matter. <laughs> no, no. But well, against the Rams, it might though. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, Aaron Donald is just going to make it really difficult to throw the football here, and, and so I think that's the problem ultimately. That I don't know how much an outside receiver is going to get done in that offense. They've they've been fortunate that they haven't played murderers rows of pass rushers, but I think this one is not so good. So Bateman has a couple of games, I think believe with two and three yards over the last four weeks. And the floor is just so low. We saw the hundred yard upside, but then we saw that two and three yard floor. I think fantasy championship week, unless I'm in a super deep league and it's a really tough spot, but he'd be rostered in that league. I can't take a floor guy. I need that guy. Like I would take Zay Jones over him. Yeah. Zay Jones funny that he's still on like the waiver wire he's a single digit percent rostered because people just you, when you get that bad taste in your mouth for like multiple years nobody wants to, to to go near him but he's he's all right he's having like that nelson aguilar like late career surge a little bit it's kind of interesting i'm looking at some of the questions you know and we're getting by the way have you ever gotten more start sit questions than you did this week like it, this was insanity. Uh, I saw a huge uptick. You know what? People are really nervous when it starts to become for all the stone for all the money. They get really nervous. They want to ask a lot of opinions. I appreciate it, but we had one guy here in the chat that was asking Jimmy G or Burrow. I mean, Burrow, right? <laughs> you know, you're just playing. Joe Burrow's had the game of his of of the season. That was probably the best fantasy game by any quarterback this season that, that I could think of. Um, I just speaking of Joe Burrow. I just moved him up in the Dynasty Superflex rankings, Jim. Uh, I told you I'm, I'm massaging those out. We just soft launched them. If you go to rotowire.com forward slash try, you get a 10-day free trial of Rotowire, and you can see our Superflex Dynasty startup rankings. Uh, I moved him to QB4 ahead of Lamar and ahead of Kyler Murray. That's probably a little aggressive. Uh, obviously, I have Mahomes, Josh Allen, and uh, Herbert, one, two, and three. I think I have Herbert, two, actually, and Josh Allen, three. Um, who's your QB four in the dynasty given, you know, the age situation, you take Burrow there, or do you like Kyler or, Mer or Lamar? Well, so what we've seen this year is we've seen the cover two shells take away the dynamic downfield guys. The running quarterbacks have not been piling up the running numbers like we saw in years past. Honestly, with the weapons Joe Burrow has, and honestly, T Higgins is an elite superstar as is Jamar Chase. So when you have those two weapons as a starting point and the offensive line has actually not been horrific, I don't see any reason not to put Burrow up there because the changing landscape of the NFL, it seems like Burrow fits into that. I may be wrong, but I think he fits in well. The play, So I honestly, and people are going to just completely laugh me off the screen here, but <laughs> he may be better off than Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, obviously you can't, uh, and I see that point, but the reason that you take Mahomes at, at the first quarterback is because this season was a down season for Patrick Mahomes and a down season for, for Mahomes is like QB six, you know, like we so, just saw the down, we just saw the down season. Or did we see the reality? Remember, mm -hmm. and, and we might, you may have talked to me in the preseason. I know this, I, I know this is not serious. And what I told people before the season was Patrick Mahomes threw 50 touchdowns in his first season. In his next two, it was a 38 and a 26 or a 36 and a 28. One of them was an injury season, right? One of them was nope, an injury? No, he didn't miss okay. any time. They, they went all the way through both years. And no, he was not the same guy. We, I said the preseason, we were paying sticker price of the first season of Patrick Mahomes as a starter. And I said, this may be a trap. 
because he has not come close to those numbers since. And then once the cover two shells hit, Patrick Mahomes is a gunslinger. And he said this himself. He said, yeah, I know they won't give me anything. He goes, but I'm still going to look for it. Yeah, he, I heard you guys say that today. That was really eye-opening. I was like, well, I turned, I rewound when you said that. I listened to that again. That was pretty interesting. Explain to, me, to the people. Yeah, you guys talked about that on the radio today. Yes. And we, I we said sure that was interesting where I rewound it, and I listened again because I really wanted to like take that in. So I want to underline that. Say that again for the people about what you are talking about. They were Patrick Mahomes saying, hey, I don't care what the defense. Give that whole story yes. again. So basically, Patrick Mahomes suffered a similar fate to Russell Wilson. As soon as the two safeties moved high, they took defenses took away the deep passing game. No matter how deep your guys go, our safety is going deeper. So we're taking that away. Well, Patrick Mahomes was living on Tyreek Hill and others going deep and then opening the middle of the field up so much that Travis Kelsey cleaned up. Well, now, once that defense, we saw it. Patrick Mahomes in many of his games has zero or one touchdown passes here in less than 260 yards. Now, as I said, he realized this was his reality. And when interviewed, he said, I know defenses are going to take away the deep game, but I still have to keep doing it. He doesn't want to play the Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers game because the defenses now, that's what they're giving you. They will give you that five to eight yard pass all day long. If Patrick Mahomes takes it and becomes a five to eight yard passer, he's not Patrick Mahomes anymore. He's just another quarterback. Yeah. He Why- needs that downfield passing game to be Patrick Mahomes. Why do you think that he is not giving into that? Why do you think if somebody's giving him like a six yard out? But we, you know, and we've saw signs of this already because already like most Tom Brady's running backs always get seven, eight, nine targets per game. Patrick Mahomes, you're lucky if you get two. So we saw this already. But now this is really the next level. This is accentuating the point where he won't even, not only will he not check down, he won't a five yard out. Why, what do you think it is? That is it just something in his, inside his DNA where he can't, he's always got to look for the, the knockout punch? He's the gunslinger. I'll give yeah. a baseball analogy. If you are a home run hitter, you're a 240, 250 hitter, mm-hmm. but you can hit 50 home runs. All of a sudden, they figure out a pitch that you can't hit out of the park. Do you become a single sitter? No. No, no, no. You swing or a bot and a boxing analogy would be the guy that just comes out and just starts swinging versus the, the jab, jab, cross jab, jab, hook type of guy. Okay. That makes sense to me. All right. So it's something, it's what makes Patrick Mahomes great, but it's also going to be his Achilles heel at times too. All right. That's interesting. So you're okay with my Joe Burrow QB four and dynasty Superflex. hundred percent that he yeah. fits into that right now. He completely fits it. Right, and we'll adjust as needed. The uh, it was my uh, my guy Brandon Adam. He said that he wants as soon as next year's MVP uh, votes uh, voting op- not voting uh, betting opens up, he wants to put a, a wager on Burrow because he thinks he'll open up, at, you know, twenty five, eighteen to one uh, type of thing. So I was like, yeah, I like that. I don't, I don't, I think that's a pretty sharp bet actually. All right. We were on the wide receivers. Uh, we actually had a Tyler Johnson question, uh, question. I mean, with Chris Godwin out for the year, is there any Tampa Bay wide receiver that's still out there that you would even consider playing? I mean, Antonio Brown's picked up, so forget it. Gronk, you know, he's rostered all year. So is there any Tampa Bay guys that you like? Antonio Brown saw a 50% target share. Yeah. What more do I say? I mean, it was literally my first read is Antonio Brown. All right, my second read, oh, Antonio Brown. <laughs> my third read, hey, there's 81, Antonio Brown. Yeah, he, he was did, awesome. Now, they had a couple trick plays. Several Grayson had that long play. Tyler Johnson wasn't even involved. They even they weren't even looking at him. So it was so much about the tight ends. Brick got four targets. Grock didn't see much. 
but it was so much about Brown. And, and you know what? They're playing the Jets this week. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. How yeah, much are they gonna need to pass? I'm I have Brady and my Kings Classic team, and I'm I'm scared that he's not gonna get me two touchdown passes because right, they don't right. have to, they might just run the ball all day. Could be one of those things where Brady ends up with like 14 fantasy points because they're handing it off and handing up. Yeah, I like that. All right. With the wide receivers, um, Alan Lazard, MVS. I mean, if either one of those guys is inactive, I always you could play the other guy like in your wide receiver three spot. That's every week. So if either one of those guys are up there and you need a wide receiver, just pick them both up. And you never know who ends up on a COVID list or who has the last. I mean, this is a crazy year in a sense where not only do you want like if you have Nick Chubb, just pick up Dearness Johnson because you never know what's going to happen on Friday. It's it's I think that any fantasy championship you get this year is just is the grinders will win this year. The absolute grinders will win. All right. On the uh so wait, let's close out wide receivers. I mean Isaiah McKenzie, yes, Josh Palmer, sort these guys out for me. So it I, I would wonder if Mike Williams is coming back after a stint on the COVID list. Josh Palmer, if they're out against, certainly a very good play. He's looked very good in limited usage. So I think I read that. that. I think I read that Mike Williams is not coming back. I, I unless I, you know, I know so Gabe. Games. I know Gabe Davis was for sure out for two games. I'm not. Maybe you're right on Mike Davis. Mike Williams, and I missed that, but I remember that. Mike I Williams, know for yeah. sure. But we'll have to see on that one. Uh, KJ Osborne's a guy I'm looking at because Adam Thielen reaggravated that ankle injury. People dropped KJ Osborne as soon as that happened, and. So I think that that's a great pickup. And, you know, you mentioned Mar- Marquez Valdez-Scantling. If he comes back, his targets were up. He had seven or more targets in three of his last four games. That was a beautiful thing because you're right, Lazard's useful too. But Valdez-Scantling was seeing real volume. Yeah, and he's actually, you know, um, our guy Joe Bartle was was telling me in the preseason uh, that MVS was a sleeper of his. And I was kind of like, I was, I listened to everyone because he had a good case for him. And he was right. I mean, it just if you give that guy targets, which he got in the games, he was useful. I mean, he's the type of player where you, you got him in like the 12th round of most of your drafts. He was on and off the waiver wire all year. But you could put a player like that, like a Deshaun Jackson type, 
uh, in your wide receiver three. That's how I like to play my wide receiver three every week. I like to play a boo bust guy, put him in there, someone that can get me 27 points or listen, sometimes it's going to be like two for 19. It's just going to happen. And I'd rather play a player like that than, you know, someone's going to get me five for 40 yards. And, you know, that's not really going to help you win. All right, let's um, let's move over. Any other wide receivers before I close it? I like the the KJ Osborne pickup, especially Thielen. Um, you know, came you in the game. You mentioned Isaiah McKenzie. Oh, I yeah. have to think that that was a game dependent thing with the Patriots. I, I I just I know Manny Sanders hasn't had it for a while. Totally get that. Beasley should be back. I, I he was out ten days. If he's back, I think that puts water on the Isaiah McKenzie idea. But if he's out, you know, maybe it's reasonable. But the game, how, had, you're not going to get that. Yeah. How about Darius Tony? I mean, he's coming back. Yes. No. Would you pick him up? Would you? Would you have that? Would you play him? I gave thought to using him in DFS this week just because he was playing in the slot because Sterling Shepard's done. And when he was in the slot, he's dynamic. But then I looked at the quarterback. I'm like, I can't really go there. And the quarterback situation isn't getting any better this week. That offense is so moribund that I just don't see them being able to get him the ball. And with his quick movements, I don't even know if Glenn is going to recognize that he's open as quickly as he is. So now we're talking about the Giants quarterback situation and this uh, you guys were talking about Russell Wilson's decline a little bit on your Sirius XM show today. I think that, you know, I, and I understand the case where you'd say like, oh, this is not a good audition for Russell's trade value. Uh, and he just might be banged up. And this did start. You pointed out today that it started after like week eight or nine. And remember, like Russell Wilson was was getting like 44 point fantasy games. It was it was crazy. And then all of a sudden it just stopped. And I think we were all comfortable dismissing it on the system. First, talk a little bit about and the reason I'm asking you, because I'm about to ask you a Giants Russell Wilson trade question. So you're saying that buyer beware on Russell Wilson. Make the case against Russell Wilson. So Russell Wilson's well into his 30s, but the biggest problem is this. He was the first player to actively have the cover to the too high shell of safeties used against him. It was done last year. It was done game after game, started by the Rams in midseason, and it continued on. And Russell went from that scorching first eight weeks where he was on record pace to basically mm. being a liability for fantasy. Well, this year, with the cover two becoming more of a thing, Russell Wilson is a deep ball passer. He's always been one by time in the pocket, by, 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 and then throw. But like I said earlier at Mahomes, when the safeties keep going back along with your receivers, there is no downfield pass to be had. A jump ball, maybe, but that's as far as it's getting. Russell Wilson, his kryptonite has been the intermediate pass. If you think over the years, how many of his highlight passes were intermediate passes? They were quick yeah. ones at the line or they were downfield, but they weren't intermediate. And I don't know if it's a function of it being shorter and not being able to see over the line. That's something that Drew Brees masterfully worked around, being able to find sight lines. And he actually had them bring in shorter guards and centers. They had shorter. Mm. It was it was interesting. That, but Yeah, yes. so okay. I was I was just gonna say that, yeah, when I think of Russell Wilson highlight reels or even it's those accurate like dropping the bucket passes to Tyler Lockett or, you know, just throwing to DK Metcalf and, you know, Hail Mary type of style, but continue on because uh, this is, this is going to shape uh, analysis that I want to ask you. That'll lead back to what we're talking about here. So continue on. So somebody somewhere, a team is going to obviously be very enamored with Russell Wilson, a team in a championship window that doesn't have a quarterback, a big Denver. 
And they're going to think that whatever was wrong was Pete Carroll. Run, run, run. There's going to be all this rationale, all this PR damage done all over the place. And I think people are going to say we can definitely get Russell Wilson back to his your greatness. It's possible with the right coaching staff, he can. But like Mahomes, is the problem Russ's DNA? Is his DNA always going to be that guy? Supposedly, the new staff that was brought in this year, it was supposed to be set up so that he gets the ball out quick and it's a little more almost West Coast-ish offense. It never materialized. <clears throat> I don't think Ross wanted to play in that. I think that, okay, so let's just talk what's possible. And, and I think that's definitely sound logic. The pushback that I would give is that Russell Wilson's only going to be 33 years old next year, okay? His trade value is obviously depressed. And there's three teams in the, in the first round that have two picks plus an asset that they could trade. The Jets, the Giants, and the Eagles. Right. For reasons we talked about, the Eagles are probably better off using their, their first round picks on assets to surround Jalen Hurts. I think we agree on that. The the Jets, I didn't see the Jets on, and I love the Jets. That's my team, but I did not see them Russell Wilson's uh allow I'll go there list. I mean, that may not matter. So that leaves the Giants with their two first round picks and Daniel Jones. I think that would be an interesting trade. Uh you're paying full freight if you're paying two firsts and Daniel Jones, but it would be interesting if Dan I would even like Daniel Jones uh again for fantasy if he was on the Seahawks with Tyler Lockett and with DK Metcalf. That's and and that uh, that analysis is what's shaping my rankings for all of those players. I'm almost giving that, that trade like a 20% chance of happening. You know, I want to back you up to the, the whole beginning with Russell Wilson. The place he wants to go, if he has to say, is Philadelphia because they have an offensive line. Russ, yeah. we already know this. He does not want to go to a place with a bad line. He want nothing to do with the New York Giants. There's, their, their line is horrific. It'll be worse than the one he had in Seattle. So if he has any say on this, he's not going there. The Jets are interesting, Alan. I'm glad you brought them up because the line is emerging. Vera yeah, Tucker's good. good. Uh, Makai Becton's been out most of the season with a knee injury, but that line is not bad, and they could add resources to that line. So that's good. I With those weapons, it would be interesting. But yeah. again, I think that you know not all quarterbacks are great in their late 30s. Mobile. That's true. We, we've been getting spoiled, right? We've been getting spoiled with it, but the greats seem to be, and I would, I would say Russell Wilson belongs in the conversation with the, some of the greatest quarterbacks of the last six years. How many great mobile quarterbacks have played great late in their careers? Russell yeah. stopped running a number of years ago. Yeah. You make I, a great point there. You make a great point. I mean, I, you know, Russ, it, he's like probably right on that fringe of that, you know, that, Great, great here. And it's also because of how he's played lately. But it'll be interesting. I, like you said, though, someone's going to pay full freight. Someone's going to pay full freight. Yes. Um, listen, the Cleveland Browns, they may not fall. You know, they may not resign Baker Mayfield, who does not going to take a discount. He's going to want his $35 million a year. Uh, he might be in for a rude awakening, too. So that job might be open. It's going to be interesting. And talk about good offensive lines. They definitely have one. Uh, let's finish up the waiver wire uh, before we run out of time because we're going to have all offseason long to talk about uh, free agency and dynasty, all the stuff that we love to talk about. Tight ends. Uh, Cole Komet got, uh, <laughs> he got robbed of a touchdown by Jimmy Graham. Uh, he, he looks interesting week. I mean, I mean, you know, if you, in most of my leagues, I ignored tight ends. So I'm always cycling through. Uh, I'm not sure that was a good strategy, but I somehow made it through. How about Gerald Everett? 
those seem to, is there anyone else besides those two and break those two down for me, Jim? You know, Gerald Everett's facing a Lions team that's given up at least 40 yards to 12 different tight ends. Mm. Everett has at least 60 yards in each of the last two games, and he scored in three of his last five. Other, he fall, had a couple big fumbles in that San Francisco game, and then he was kind of punished in the next game, but he returned to his role the week after. He has become a safety valve, an important one for Russell Wilson. This matchup could not be better. Gerald Everett is in a fantastic spot. And I do like your Cole Komet call. It's just that he doesn't see the end zone, but he's had chances. He, he had a drop two weeks, not a drop, a ball that was thrown to the wrong side. He was open. Mm -hmm. The ball should have been thrown to his left. It was thrown to his right, and it missed. But Jimmy Graham has vultured three touchdowns in the last five weeks from him. Tight end vulturing. We don't talk about that too often. Oh, but yeah. Graham, so Jimmy Graham has three touchdowns. And I didn't even know that. So that he was not on my on my radar at all. And he's still not on my list now. So that that's interesting be. right there. Yeah. <laughs> should. Yes. All right. <laughs> How about um, Conklin with uh, Thielen out? Because, you know, Thielen's the red zone guy. Uh, you know, Justin Jefferson, he basically comes into the game with a, a target floor, it seems like, every week or 12 target floor. Uh, Tyler Conklin, is he interesting to you if you're just doing the, the shuffle between tight ends? You know, Thielen was obviously out for a couple of games. And while he was out, honestly, Conklin went through one of his worst stretches of the year, which was interesting. He was like on a real low note. He had a three for 71 in there, but he had some really low production games. He had a, I'm looking at this right now, he had a two for 20, a one for seven, and a two for 25. So he's been kind of on and off. So right now, for whatever reason, he was more heavily utilized earlier in the season. So I would prefer if Cole commits there, I think he has a higher floor. Mm. If obviously if Everett's there, Everett has a floor and now he has a ceiling because he's been scoring some. What's going to be your tight end strategy for next year? Let's talk redraft for a minute. I mean, are you a tight end early player? Do you, do you take your tight ends in round two and three or like where's where do you usually you told me in the preseason where are you usually shopping for your type? Forget the names on the jerseys. We all know there's going to be like two or three guys that go in the first three rounds, and then there's going to be a tier of like five that go in round five through eight, and then there's going to be the round ten guys, and there's going to be the you know the the junk pile. So where do you usually shop? I usually shop in the mid rounds between six and nine. I identify one or two tight ends who I think have a chance to break out and become the guy. They usually have ADPs that are commensurate with that. Now, I looked this year at TJ Hawkinson, on and off, kind of, not so good, Man. not so bad. And I, I definitely swung and missed on Noah Fant. Um, not because of him, but because of just the way they didn't get him the ball. Every Denver pass catcher has suffered the same thing. I mean, Cortland Sutton, it, what is he, like wide receiver 90 on the year or something like that? It's, I mean, yeah. So, so next year, would like Gesicki and – like it, where are you who's the the tight end that you think is shaping up to be that middle of the round guy that you're going to target is it dallas goddard you know what cole Komet could be that guy graham i think is gone graham had a two-year contract this is the second year Komet yeah. could really open up as a red zone threat and he's already shown to have a good receiving course i think Komet is definitely a guy to target there um if zach Ertz goes back to arizona he'll be 32 but we've already seen in that offense there's a lot of open space where he runs because especially if Hopkins is back. Uh, well, this one, Jordan, back. Jordan Brevin. I like that call. So we just had someone, for those of you listening on the audio podcast, we had our guy crack shot um, put up Jordan Brevin. We were talking about him on the, uh, the green zone show. I love that guy. He was totally underdrafted. So yeah, but he'll be one of those guys that goes in round 13, you know, like 
Right. Yes, I'm into it. You know, like I'd love it, especially if Davis Bill's there. So and you know who I like better than Jordan Brevin? Brevin Jordan. Oh, <laughs> sorry, uh, I had to do it. I yes, had to do it. you put Jordan Brevin right. Brevin Jordan right. It's very good. I'm reading it verbatim the way it's up on the screen. Anchorman. Yep. Yes, that's right. <laughs> good call. Very good call there. Um, but going back to so Dalton Schultz, he'll be somebody because no one's going to rank him as tight end uh, six, you know, like even though that's probably where he should be, ranked, right? He's probably, I could see him being like tight end 10 in, in, you know, most early rankings. So he's just getting force fed. Remember, I mean, he was like tight end 24 in the pre-draft rankings last year. People were, uh, were, were not, they were looking at him as the backup, you know? So is he someone that might be interesting next year? So I still think he, and I'm wrong every week on this guy. He has to be a trap because at some point you have mm. to throw the ball to CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper. Yeah. Why on God's green earth is Dalton Schultz two weeks ago, he had more yardage than Amari and CeeDee combined. It's criminally wrong. You have two superstar receivers. They have to fix something. If Dalton Schultz, and we know Dallas has been underperforming other than this past week offensively, mm. that he's part of the problem. Oh, he's put up nice fantasy numbers, but when you're not throwing a CD and Amari, the defenses are winning every time. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I, but I don't know. That Dak Prescott, he's got like that shit, you know. He likes throwing to him. He liked throwing to him last year, even when he was before the injury. And now, you know, you can't just blame it on. He is, that's a, a, a guy that's going to get five targets a game. And some of those are going to be in the end zone. I, I think that, you know, it, or you're saying he's more like a Robert Tunyon type that just kind of a one-year wonder. I don't know, man. I, I think that he's in, certainly inside the tight end 12 cut line for next year. And you're I'm, saying that you're just going to completely pass. Yeah, I, I'm not. I mean, I don't have a feel for where I can responsibly rank him because can he continue the target share he's seeing when he is literally seeing the same amount of work as two NFL super megastars? And to me, some calculus has to be changed in the offseason. When you're that Dallas offense should be scoring 33 points a game plus. If they're not scoring that, in the offseason, somebody's got to kick somebody's tail and say, why weren't we scoring X amount of points with this offense? And I think the real quick solution is going to be the superstars need the football. That's all yeah, I'm saying. Just, That's all I'm saying. Yeah. For, for week 17, though, some of the other tight ends you could pick up are uh, CJ Uzoma. Uh, you can go – I wouldn't really trust, trust James O'Shaughnessy here, but – maybe Evan Ingram. I mean, right now you just, just roll with the tight end you have, or one of those guys that we said, I mean, if there's anyone else out there, you can uh, tweet at us. It's at Jim Coventry NFL or at Alan's last game. We'll help you out there. Tight end. It, it's a lot. It's a big gamble each and every week. I mean, even last week, Oh, I'm set. You know, in one league, I actually did the, the double tap tight end. I had Travis Kelsey and I had, uh, you know, Darren Waller. Neither one of them were there for me when I needed them most. So, Obviously, I lost that matchup. All right, let's give people some uh, – before we do quarterbacks, because super flex-wise, we're picking up Trey Lance, obviously. He's going to be starting. I mean, that's – even in one QB leagues, if you're a big underdog, you always talk about this, Jim. You say, hey, what, if you're a 30-70 underdog, you know, throw in the lightning. You know, Would you play Trey Lance over Tom Brady next week? I was just going to ask you the same question. <laughs> King's classic. I mean, when somebody bids on Trey Lance, they can't think I'm going to not start Tom Love Brady. It. And right. so I, I'm really thinking they're playing Houston. 
Houston can't stop anybody on the ground. Trey Lance has to run for 75 yards, right? Oh, I was going to say I would take the over on that, man. I think that, yeah, I mean, obviously the over-under is going to be like 58 yards or 46 yards, but yes, I I, I think he's going to go – because they're going to want to run him more than they're going to want him to throw. I could see him having, you know, uh, uh, like 100 rushing yards and like 120 passing yards or something like that. I mean, I'll be the biggest horses behind in the world if I lose the Kings Classic because wow. I start Tom Brady over Hurts. I mean, oh, not Hurts, over Lance. And, ah, and you're reading the screen. One. You're doing the anchor man right now, like yeah. I did. Oh, and Brady <laughs> throws one touchdown and gets, you know, 170 yards. I, my team is wow. so good. I need floor. I need floor. I don't need the five touchdown game. I need floor. I yeah. think Trey Lance gives me floor. What do you think, Alan? Oh, no, no. I, I would go Trey Lance there because if they're putting him in, they're going to put him in the seed. It's against Houston. I, I, You have to detach yourself late in the season. Tom Brady without Chris Godwin and that full complement of – they just want to get in the playoffs at this point. They want to, like, minimize damage. I don't – I think, like, they're not going to drop 40 on anyone right now. They just need, like, a minute just to get through this tough patch. So – I'm with you. I, I would. The way I play is I, I step on the gas, go for the nuclear button, and I know that that could totally fail. But Trey Lance's floor is going to be fine. What's he going to get? If he's bad, he's going to get what? 14 points? You know? I think so. Against yeah. Houston, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not going to get nine points outside of injury. He's going to be fine. Yeah, the uh, Arizona game he didn't do well, but it was Arizona, and they were playing well at the time. Right. And it's, it's different now. He's there's no, I mean, he hasn't had a lot of game experience, but there's really no more. The rookie thing is done. Like you've most rookies are not rookies anymore, but he hasn't played, but he's been at practice. You know, you see the blurb saying he's had a good month of practice, but that could just be coach speak. I would go for it, but I understand your dilemma. And it's easy for me to say, cause you know, I am don't have stake in the game, but I, I'm in a, in a lower stakes league. I have that same option. I think uh, I'll, I'll have to take th- this conversation into account. All right, let's just go a, qu- a couple more. Is there any other quarterbacks that you would pick up this week? And I mean, Josh Johnson, if he wasn't picked up, is perfectly fine. If he plays, who knows what's going to go on there? Um, if Davis you're Lamar- Mills. Oh, for- I mean. The 49ers, can, they, you can't run on them, but they are so decimated in the secondary that he could get it done there. Oh yeah, and, and I like the receivers there. You, I know you love Nico Collins. That was a great preseason call there. Even though he hasn't like done it for fantasy, he's going to be one of the sharp sleepers for next year. He'll be he'll be like a, a mainstream sleeper by April because all the early best ball players are going to push him up. And you know, especially we'll see what happens with Brandon Cooks. But I, I like Nico Collins a lot. Uh, the other so defenses. I think this is uh, an area where people need help too. Who are the defenses that are, you know, low rostered that you think people could pick up? Not only, let's say you have a good defense, you're still going to want to pick up a defense so your opponent doesn't play them against you. Um, the, the Bears. Yeah. The Bears. They're playing the Giants. They're going to have a backup quarterback. They're in Chicago, their last home game of the season. They've been getting pressure no matter who's on the field. No, no Akeem Hicks, no Khalil Mack. Still getting pressure. I think this could be a big game for them. Yeah, I also have, how about this one? Uh, Cleveland against Pittsburgh. Ben has been terrible. And then I have Detroit playing at Seattle. <laughs> Either of those even like reasonable or just leave those on the waiver wire. If Cleveland's on the waiver wire, look, they got a pass rush. They should be getting players back from COVID, and which would be extremely helpful. Miles Garrett, game wrecker. And why not? And I totally could see that defense having a big game there. So I like that call as well. 
Um, outside of them, the 49ers are not rostered in a lot of leagues, and they're not a good defense. But if you're in a super deep league and you really have nothing out there, I, they're a dart throw. I like the Bears much better. Yeah, okay. So it's, again, just peruse the waiver wire. Like in one league, it's a sharp league. I'm in a 14-team league with really good players. Someone dropped the Buffalo defense. And they have a uh, – who are they playing? They are playing – Falcons. Falcons. That's a good in you know Buffalo. matchup. They're – and if you look like on Yahoo, they're 90% rostered. All right, but the 10% of the league, one of them's mine. It's a good league. So <laughs> check the waiver wire. De- definitely do it. People make weird drops when they're in, in tough situations. Um, Jim, just before we wrap up, I just want to let you know really quick about our partners over at Thrive Fantasy. Thrive is back for another fantasy season, and they're running these huge guaranteed contests each week, including through the playoffs. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus only on the top athletes that have the biggest impact on the game sign up today and the best part is you get six free months of rotowire premium subscription here's how you claim that rotowire subscription jim you visit rotowire.com slash thrive t-h-r-i-v-e deposit a minimum of 10 bucks and you get a hundred percent deposit bonus up to a hundred dollars play in your first paid contest and you'll receive six months of rotowire free uh this is basically like a prop game i, I don't want to simplify what thrive is but Absolutely one of my favorite games to play. Uh, they've been a sponsor of this podcast and some other podcasts I've been on. It's a, a really great interface. So go over to uh, Thrive Fantasy and check them out. All right, Jim, before we close up this waiver wire podcast, um, I just want to ask you a couple of like next year questions, if that's okay. 100%. So, and by the way, if anyone, if there was anyone that we haven't um, covered in the waiver wire podcast, uh, tweet at Jim at Jim Coventry NFL at Alan Zaslowski. Uh, we will happily answer your questions on Twitter when we can. Um, which is, uh, tra- someone just said I traded Ingram. Oh, nice job. Someone just talking about all their, they're flexing on these trades that they made. Um, all right. So next year's rankings, wide receiver dynasty rig. So I'm just to give anyone who just tuned in, I'm doing the Superflex dynasty startup rankings. Okay. We're going to be doing a dynasty podcast on this podcast feed starting in mid January. Uh, talk to me about who you think the top five dynasty wide receivers are, because I've had some heated debate with people. And then I don't know if you have mine open, but it doesn't really matter. You can just kind of look through it and tell me what you think. So who do you think should be the dynasty top five wide receivers? So I like where you're going at number one, and I completely agree with Justin Jefferson. I, I think that there's it's impossible to argue because you can't put a defense against him that can stop him. So definitely number one there. Okay, well, and- I want to st- stop you there for a second because I had a pretty public debate uh, with a sharp guy, and he had told me that he believes that um, Ch- Jamar Chase was the wide receiver one. See, I don't even think it's – it's close. I think I don't have Chase as my number two as number three, right? Or I mean, probably have him at number three. But you agree Justin Jefferson is going to be the consensus one, not only in, in Dynasty, but in Redraft too. All right. If this happened seven weeks ago, it's Jamar Chase. When Jamar Chase had that sick four-game run he had. That's when it happened. That's when the argument happened. And anybody who argues that now. We've already seen the market correction on Jamar Chase. Justin Jefferson has been consistent for two straight seasons. Jamar Chase has had peaks and valleys in year one that Jefferson didn't have. To me, that's enough. Two years of no valleys, to me, that is a solid number one because you're eliminating downside. Jamar Chase, nobody's going to question his upside, but there's downside. Would you – would you agree that in in redraft he's going to be the one one as well? I mean the the first wide receiver off the board too. 
Justin Jefferson has to be. He right now he has to. Be. He's been a picture of health for two years, and that means something. That 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 totally means something. And I think that's. I mean, Devontae Adams. I mean, all right. I guess how do you go away from Devontae Adams? If Aaron Rodgers is gone, and yeah, Adams let's a, let, I'm assuming him, Rodgers is not going to be on the team. Yeah. If he is, so, then yeah, he's one or two. I agree. So yeah, with him gone, I, yeah, you have to go Justin Jefferson. And you see the Jamar Chase argument. Notice when did Jamar Chase's down kick happen? When the cover two started kicking in, in the middle of the season. Yeah, that cover that. So and if, but if that's my point is that if a, de- if a specific scheme can shut down a receiver, there's no scheme shutting down Justin Jefferson. He can nope. operate in all parts of the field. He could do a yep. lot of things. All right, so we agree there. So who would be? Let's just zip right through this before we close out this um, yes, podcast. Uh, who would be the? Um, so would you be your number two wide receiver? You know what? I know he's been injured. A.J. Brown. I, he's the best receiver on the planet. I'm putting Jefferson okay. ahead because he doesn't get hurt. But A.J. Brown's my number two. Okay. Give me your three, four, and five. I will go with C.D. Lamb, number three. The need keeps moving up and up. Cooper Cup at number four. And you know what? Honestly, I, I, I know he's a little bit older, but he's got another two or three years of this in him. So I'm right. going to put Cooper Cup at number four because his game translates well in an older age. And then, yeah, Debo Samuel has to go number five. And I think that uh, some websites are go- getting ready to give Debo Samuel running back um, dual position uh, dual position eligibility here. That is going to be interesting. I, some won't do it, but uh, it's going to happen to some. All right, man, uh, this was fun. Thank you for jumping on. I know you had a busy day on the radio, but it's always great talking with you. Uh, week 17, man, uh, go – Go pick up those players and block your opponents. I think that is the key to this week. Uh, For Jim Coventry at Jim Coventry NFL, I'm Alan Soslowski. We'll see you next time. Uh, Come back tomorrow, which is Wednesday, for the Rotowire Wednesday podcast with Jeff Erickson. Bye, everybody. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.